Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Thanks for listening. And if you guys want to support us even more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. For $5 a month, you get at least two extra episodes. You could also leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listed on. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. We also have cool Allegedly Astrology stuff on TeePublic, so go there to check it out. And make sure to follow us on social media. We're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and TikTok, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. And you can visit our website, allegedlyastrology.com, to learn more about us and the show, or book a reading with me, Dana, and check out charts and transcripts for select episodes. So, Dana, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about Ashley Madison. And yes, today, this topic is sponsored by the one, the only, Venus Retrograde. (laughs) Ashley Madison is a controversial dating site that helps married users have affairs. At its height, the site claims to have had 75 million members around the globe. However, in 2015, the site was hacked, which led to the identities of its members being released, which is not good when you're married and having an affair. And today, the site is considered to be the international leader in married dating and (laughs) married dating Mm -hmm. and helps facilitate up to one million affairs every month doing God's work. So (laughs) let's learn about Ashley Madison's astrology. So Ashley Madison is a dating and affair website created in Canada. It was the first married dating website, and its tagline is, life is short, have an affair, which honestly gets straight to the point. (laughs) They've since branded out to be more about discretion. So it technically isn't just people like married people looking to have affairs. It is also kind of like if you're into a kink and want to find someone with a kink, like it's all about kind of like stuff you do. In the DL, very eighth house stuff, I would say. But the whole idea behind the site is that consenting adults should be able to do whatever they want in private. Interesting. That's very narcissistic. (laughs) Hey, this is America. Even though this is a Canadian website, we do what I was like. How is this website Canadian? I was shocked. I know. know. So how does Ashley Madison work? Its business model is based on credits rather than monthly subscriptions. So for a conversation between two members, one of the members, typically the man, pays to message the other person to start the conversation. And after that first payment, the rest of the messages after that are free. And it's supposedly done to avoid the spray and pray, which gross, which is when guys just like message a ton of girls and hope one responds, which is how most modern dating apps work. It's not what I thought the spray and pray was. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just not the best phrase, but that's how someone on a podcast I was listening to described it. (laughs) So who created this site? Ashley Madison was founded in 2001. Sometimes it says 2002, but it was by Darren J. Morgenstern and Noel Binderman. The name of the site comes from two of the more popular female names in North America during that time, which were Ashley and Madison. Yeah, wow. Pretty, pretty, pretty lame of them, but it was created because it was hard work to have an affair when you were married and meeting at someone at work or through friends was too risky. You could go on a normal dating site, but it's hard to find someone looking for a similar type of arrangement. So this was a place where you could be honest about what you were looking for. And so knowing all of that, what does the chart for the launch of Ashley Madison look like? It's so funny how when you're lying, they, they always mark it as you being honest. 
I don't know who you're being honest to. Okay. Ooh. The creation chart is January 21st, 2002. And this chart has an Aquarius sun and an Aries or Taurus moon. Most likely a Taurus moon. That's what I'm going to really lean into. So it's not an Aquarius. Not surprising. It's, it's an aloof sign. It's all about technology and networks. And so it makes sense to have like brand new websites coming out. Also, the sun is in detriment here. So people might be your individuality might feel like it's suffering the most when the sun is in Aquarius. I mean, you know, in a stereotypical extreme. So when people's individuality suffers, they seek external validation. And so if the moon's in Aries, this is sort of like doing your own thing, which is certainly what this website sounds like it's doing. And if the moon's in Taurus, the moon is exalted. So this is interesting because we have a sun in detriment, a moon in its exaltation where it's like, you know, the honored guest, which is certainly what an affair sounds like. The moon's exalted in Taurus because the moon is needs and like mat like matters of like the flesh. It's your body. And in Taurus, it's all about sensual experiences and getting your needs met. Right. And so on. it's also a first quarter moon. So the first quarter moon is changing things up and it's taking action. And in Taurus, it wants to accommodate its, you know, earthly desires, the pleasures of the flesh. And I feel like this is sort of like rationalizing getting a side piece to save your main relationship. All right. Like I've reached this new point in my, in my main relationship where the magic is gone. But I don't want to lose it because especially a Taurus, you need security. And so a relationship is security. But if things aren't fresh, you might need to, you know, get another one. Not to like promote affairs or support mm-hmm. them in any way. But I was listening to a bunch of podcasts about people that were on Ashley Madison. And honestly, their points of view on the situation were kind of interesting because they said like a lot of married people, you know, sometimes they fall out of love with their partner. Sometimes, you know, they have like different sexual appetites and they have conversations about that and nothing happens so and especially if they have kids it's like this one woman was like you know do you continue on and know you'll always just be like unfulfilled or do you like stay in the situation but like you kind of find other arrangements and I feel like that's very like what you said about like yeah justifying to yourself that like a side piece is like what you need to keep going I'm deeper than I've ever been in my feminist era. And I was just reading a thing yesterday about how it was like all these psychos being like, well, women are like, I don't know, it's like 70 or 80% of divorces are filed by women. And it's like because men like check out of them for so long and women will stay in them for so long and trying to make it work. So because you said a woman is the one who said that, I, I'm I'm going to say I support women's rights and women's wrongs. But, you know, I guess I don't really. I, logically, I can't possibly. Whatever people want to do, it's that's their thing. I'm going to make fun of this as from my own point of view. But yeah, you're. That's all fair and good. I I hear that it probably is hard. I've never been in a you know long term, real. I've never hit a rough spot where I you know probably wanted to seek something on a website. Any Hoosiers? So <laughs> this is also two days after Mercury stationed retrograde in Aquarius. So this is sometimes like trying to get away with things. It's also sort of going within. And maybe all and like just sort of like seeking like where can I get, you know, like what's my network? What can I tap? Like sort of like feeling like one and like this is very big fish, big pond or small fish, big pond. Um, Venus is also in Aquarius. This is, you know, a real hard one to pin down. People tend to be obsessed with like Venus and Aquarius placement. So it's sort of like the obsession of like not being able to get them, you know, Jupiter is exalted in Cancer. And Jupiter is favor. So sometimes with Jupiter being in its exaltation, there's going to be like an entitlement and sort of asking for favors. It's also opposite Chiron, which indicates like people are getting hurt because of these favors. Chiron is the wounded healer. 
And then we have Saturn and Gemini. And I love Saturn and Gemini. I think these people are really smart if you have a near needle chart. But it's also like Saturn is commitment and Gemini's duality is his dual commitment. So, you know, I mean, it is maybe one of the things, too, that sort of set up the stage for, I don't know, polyamory or people who have like, you know, different lifestyles of their relationships. And Saturn is opposite Pluto. So it sort of also to me indicates like there's a power struggle here. But also people sort of like running Sagittarius, Pluto and Sagittarius is sort of like really a committal like so that makes sense and saturn is co-president with the north node which is exalted in gemini so it does sort of indicate like a push towards the future um this is also one week after venus kazemi at 24 degrees capricorn so this is capricorn really wants to make everything work so that its life is in order which can i read the book sextrology or it might have been cosmic coupling i read both by stella starsky and her husband whose name is like something hutch and she indicated that Capricorns like love to cheat, which I was like, mm, I don't know about that. But hey, it's one thing. So Venus Kazemi and Capricorn would indicate some big dick energy on the loose. This is also think about Capricorn, like they won every goal that they achieved, they set out to achieve. So, you know, it's like if you want something as a Capricorn, you'll probably figure out a way to get it. I just don't want to believe that Capricorns are prone to rationalization. Personally, I don't want to believe it. There's also an Aquarius stellium, and this is the Sun, Mercury retrograde, Venus, Uranus, and Neptune. So we have the spotlight on communication, some sort of internalizing what status means to you, not wanting to be pinned down, technological innovation, and then also delusion and deception. Mars is also in Aries and it's domicile, so it's going after what it wants and it's going to achieve it. But it's square Jupiter and Cancer, so these are two planets in like really strong placements. It's also sort of going like justifying going after what you want. Suddenly you know exactly what you want and you're not stopping anything just to go get it. We also have Juno, which I've never talked about. I don't think the asteroid goddesses, but they make a lot of sense to put in here. Juno is retrograde in Leo opposite Uranus. And Juno's at 27 degrees, which anecdotally I've noticed 27 degree Leo is like coincides with more than one cheating chart. I don't have enough data to like make hard claims, but I do think it's interesting. Um, But yeah, Jupiter opposite or Juno retrograde. So Juno is about the wife, but it's also jealousy and like sexual jealousy and revenge. And it's opposite Uranus. So it's sort of like doing like a surprise. This was something, something's happening that will surprise women later, some wives later, right? Um, also do like the, it's commitment. It's kind of like what you need to, in like a relationship. So that also is kind of interesting that it's a- Changing needs. Leo, yeah. Because it's like changing needs, but also like think about- Leo, like I don't have it like pulled up in front of me, but I would assume Juno and Leo is like, you need someone who's going to probably like give you a lot of attention. So if that attention changes, then you'll probably be into that person instead. I also think, I mean, besides like the moon, let's say that's in Taurus and obviously, you know, Mars and Aries, very like on brand, on impulsive, like going after what you want, like kind of like, you know, be sexually charged. But I think the Aquarius stellium is so interesting for a number of reasons because it is like in this way, like, okay, technological or whatever, but it is like the collective. So it's kind of like, let's explore the collective and see who is out there in yeah. kind of a detached way because a lot of people like, you know, an affair could be, depending on what it is, like no, very no strings, no emotional, like the people that I listen to, like wanted like an emotional connection that was just like what they weren't getting at home but i think it's interesting well now my cancer mars pities them so there we go (laughs) my whole first diatribe quelled 
This also was 21 days after a lunar eclipse in Cancer conjunct Jupiter. So the moon was in domicile in Cancer. Jupiter is exalted. So having like the moon and Jupiter so strong, it's like it is inclined to being like, I need something new and I need it like now. And especially with the lunar eclipse, it's definitely about like realizing things and uh, realizing certain needs and oftentimes about relationships. It's also a North Node eclipse and the North Node's in Gemini. Eclipses occur when there's a newer full moon within 17 degrees of either node. So it's often in the same sign as the nodes, but not always. And so with the North Node exalted in Gemini, there's innovation and also there's two. So we're getting like, you know, I need two things now. And then Juno in Leo was square Vesta in Taurus and both were retrograde. And Vesta is like about sacrificial commitment. Um, what is Vesta? And Vesta is another goddess. So the four main goddesses. Ooh, so we're talking about goddesses a lot all of yeah. a sudden. Why Why Dana the goddesses? Why this episode? Why do you feel like... I love they... asteroid. I started reading this radical feminist Twitter and got really to women's, <laughs> women's things even more. So so now we're, we're doing goddesses on allegedly astrology. And it just made sense to start it with this episode, I thought. Um, love that. Love that. Yes. And so it was also four days after Juno stationed retrograde at zero degrees Virgo, which is where my, my Juno is. But yeah, so Juno stationing retrograde, maybe even at zero degrees Virgo, it's like you're not getting surfaced. I don't know. It's just sort of like the like I'm really needing something new. And the square is like there's a there's a, if Juno's the wife and Vesta's sort of like the nun, like but like also like what you commit to. Vesta's a lot to do with sex. So it's sort of like wanting the wife and wanting sex. I don't know. It's like just like this discord between commitment and like what you need and what you want and like what you're getting yeah no that's interesting too because like i was thinking even more about juno and leo since we the four seconds ago but when we last discussed it and juno and leo too to me is like you need something dramatic like something passionate and like what's more like dramatic and passionate than like having an affair with like a hot stranger you know that you met on a site but then it's against this feeling of like Vesta like you know Vesta like was the what was it like tame the hearth like this goddess that would sacrifice stuff to keep like the the fire the hearth burning so it is kind of it, it what oh yeah the flame is the flame so that makes sense oh yeah so you know you have this Vesta and Taurus I'm assuming is like obviously sensual but also like like committed like it's hard to mm-hmm. change its mind so I, there is a tension of like, oh, I want something like hot and passionate with like, I also have, you know, something familiar that I'm like yeah. used to. Yeah, because it is sort of like, like you said, they're seeking like, they're seeking this emotional fulfillment as well. It's not sort of like, you know, just like uh, random. It's like this other need. It's not quite purely animalistic. There's a human component to it. Yeah. And then Virgo too, for Juno and Virgo, it's like, <laughs> people to serve you or people that you need someone that's like gonna like improve you or make you better i think juno virgo also needs to serve and be serviced yeah. <laughs> it's real that spray and pray shit <laughs> sick okay so when it launched the site was obviously very taboo so everybody was talking about it the ceo noel be kind of became kind of famous because he knew how to drum up pr like he knew like any pr was good pr so he would go on shows like The View and Fox News and like debate people. He's and so questions. lame. I'm sorry. All, all the hot? pictures of he, all of his like corporate pictures are him like doing like the little shush face with like his <laughs> finger over his mouth. I'm like, ew, I like, bro, kind of stop. 
<laughs> no, yeah, he just wanted to like stir up some shit and. He also, like, understood, like, how to advertise. His wife, Amanda, was involved in the company, and that got a lot of press. So what's his big three? God, I would be so embarrassed for Amanda. So Noel Butterman was born November 23rd, nineteen. Allegedly. You have to say allegedly on this, because right. we do not have a super confirmed birth date, but scouring the interwebs. Right. This, this is what, what we, we found. found. We could yeah. found. This we is what find. we could have found. <laughs> In November 23rd, 1971, in Toronto, Canada, no time. So he's a sun in Sagittarius, and his moon is in Aquarius or Capricorn. It entered Aquarius at 12.52 a.m. on November 23rd. So I'm working with Aquarius. Yeah, this chart is very, I mean, you know, if someone, this is like a stereotypical. Billy McFarlane vibes. (laughs) Yeah, cheatery chart. So Sun and Sagittarius, also a sign known for escaping and not wanting to commit. And sort of like wanting everything to be exciting, seeking that thrill, a real thrill seeker, and also like shifting their identity. So I think, too, if someone's identity gets too locked into something and they don't like that part of them anymore, Sagittarius is known for sort of like shunning their old selves. And one way to shun your old self is to get a new partner because they can make you feel new. And Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, the planet of favors. So it's sort of like can get this, you know, hubris. And his Sagittarius son is ruled by Jupiter and domicile in Sagittarius. So he's also really good at marketing. I bet he's fun to be around, right? Like he's he sort of also probably inherently understands this profile, whether or not, you know, he's, you know, it's within him all the time, right? This is just sort of like things that can happen to a Sagittarius. And then the moon in Aquarius also likes to run, also is a really good friend to people, someone who can like have a really good conversation and like who can command a room, but maybe who's not always good at one-on-one. His moon is also with his north node and with his Vesta. So there's like some sort of intensity. It's actually leaning so far maybe towards commitment that it becomes not commitment, right? Like whenever something's involved with something, it's also about something else. And his is is ruled by Saturn and Gemini. So we started the, the website during his Saturn return. And it's opposite his sun and Neptune, Mercury, Venus, and Jupiter. So Saturn is there to challenge him. And also, like, I wouldn't say, I mean, but it's also his Saturn and being a Gemini, meaning meaning like sort of like dual commitment, right? It's sort of like, mm, like what to do, like when you are bored or when you need something new, get something else and then commit to that too. That's sort of how I interpret that. And he has a Sagittarius stellium. So with the sun and Jupiter, it's very strong, very fiery, very passionate, and also prone to changing and sort of like, making a scene he has his mercury in detriment sagittarius which means that he maybe can't always you know hone in on details right so maybe someone could talk to him and he can glean things that maybe they're even not you know getting like like this is someone who like you come to with your like very small problem and he like makes it bigger or different and he says venus there too which is i mean here we have a resident venus sagittarius <laughs> which can be a committal, very like fun, attractive, someone who's like literally really humorous. We're funny. <laughs> we and like freedom. And love freedom. And also <laughs> Neptune, which is the planet of deception, but also art. Like I bet that he's maybe a low key an artist. He could have been a stand up comedian. He chose the life he chose. He also, <laughs> you know, it's also in the stars. <laughs> and then he does Uranus and Pluto and Libra, which is, you know, the. Uranus and Pluto generation or Uranus and Pluto in Libra generation is like Bration sort of that is the first like real divorce generation um, where it's more like normalized. And also maybe people who have, you know, common wealth marriages more often and, you know, who don't necessarily need the paperwork because Uranus is about innovation, change, things that are unexpected. Pluto is about power struggles and Libra is the sign of relationship. So that makes a lot of sense. And also this is sort of 
revolutionizing, you know, relationships in a way. I it does sound like part of the allure of this website is that you're doing it in secret, which is what what makes it dishonest. But other than that, like, you know, people should be able to do whatever they want to do. And sometimes it's really fun to hurt the person you love the most, I guess. This hurt. Oh my <laughs> I'm <God>. kidding. <laughs> but that's what also somebody with a sad stellium in the first house would say people should be able to do what oh well we don't yeah for sure but we don't know this first house that's just we're doing solar houses oh yeah but sorry i mean well a huge stellium in sag regardless of and so that he has an air heavy chart with a sad stellium i mean someone i'm very air and fire heavy yeah this is just i mean it's giving freedom giving wanting new experiences you know you could say this is very cheatery and but interestingly, in progressions, Mercury Station direct January 19th, 2001, right around the time that the website was, you know, being formed and in Sagittarius and his progress chart. So this is him like, you know, the wheels are turning. He's like thinking about things. And then Pluto Station retrograde in his progress chart, October 21st, 2020, 2013, which will be which will come up later. Uh, he mm-hmm. also has Juno opposite Chiron, which sort of means which is yeah again like the planet of like you know the partner as well and then chiron's like the wounded healer so maybe he was hurt in relationships maybe it means he's destined to to hurt people and just like sort of have a different but also wants to heal people right like this is sort of a thing that he's doing ostensibly so that people can heal in a way too right like it's it's a service made for people who are seeking something Mm -hmm. in relationships and so Also, too, his his Chiron's in yeah. his, which is I do like what I want the wound of like self, yeah, opposite Juno and Libra, so literally like a little partnership mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And unsurprisingly, Ashley Madison received a ton of backlash. People said it was a business built on the back of broken hearts, <laughs> and a group of hackers known as the Impact Team said that they had hacked Ashley Madison's user base and threatened to release the personal info of people that use the site if it didn't permanently close. Which I'm like, come on, Impact Team. I feel like we could have done a little bit better than... What would you have done? But I I want them to take down, like, more higher-up people, not people that pay $19 a month for just some... Like, I want them to take down pedophiles. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so what was going on when the cyber attack was announced? This was July 15th, 2015 in Toronto, Canada. And this was a new moon. This is at 924 p.m. There was a new moon in Cancer. So this is the sun and moon in Cancer. And the new moon also was an Aquarius rising. So this Aquarius energy is, you know, on, mm. on the it's rising. It's on the horizon. So a Cancer new moon, the moon rules itself and the moon rules the sun. So there's sort of this female energy in the air the moon rules women and so it's also in the sixth house of this chart so the house of health and subjugation maybe maybe there are very valid reasons where the seekers of new relationships want you know they're missing this emotional connection they had in their relationships which i understand comes often after motherhood right like you become a parent where the mom is to take care of the children so this is very much like scorned scorned mothers in the sixth house i believe yeah as a mother right but that's just one way to read it Mercury is also conjunct Mars and Cancer, and this conjunction is also ruled by the moon. Mars is in fall, so this is sort of like fury and revenge. Elise, this could be like hacking, like going online. Maybe the someone had a personal, you know, maybe this was personal. Maybe the hack was personal. That's actually what could really be true. Ooh, interesting. Um, so it's like they're the impact group, but probably someably. someone in the impact group was impacted yeah. by Ashley Madison. Uh, yeah, I like that. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Left my guest stone. It's also exactly opposite Pluto and Capricorn in the 12th house. So this is like secrets. <laughs> the 12th house is literally secrets. Pluto yeah. also has to do with secrets and the Capricorn's about power. So it's like, we're coming for you and like, we're going to release all of your secrets. And we have Venus, Junk Jupiter in Leo, Square, Saturn in Scorpio, and Saturn is retrograde in Scorpio, conjunct the Midheaven. Scorpio is another sign all about secrets and Saturn is about punishment. And so, so this is about punishing infidelity. Venus and J- Jupiter, when they team up, it's always thought to be the luckiest day of the year. But you know what else happened when Venus and Jupiter teamed up this year? Ariana Maddox found her cheating boyfriend's phone. So yeah. this is interesting. It wasn't square Saturn this year, though. But yeah, so squaring Saturn, Saturn and Scorpio is like, all right, now I have to reveal these secrets, I guess. And it's like on the mid and it sort of becomes the main like issue of the day of the new moon. Yeah. And then we have Vesta and Aries conjunct the south node. So once again, Vesta is about sort of like the sacrificial connection, sacrificial commitment. It's like, you know, about like sex. It's, it's horny, but it's like horniness that means something. You're giving someone something with Vesta. It's also conjunct Uranus and it's an Aries. So the South Node's about like, you know, it's, it could be about exposing things. It's also about like the past and about what's being drained. So there's commitment being drained. And Uranus is about really shaking shit up. So this is like really de- derailing commitment. I feel like Uranus is like train derailment. Also, if we put this around the doing a bywheel with the Ashley Madison website, the South Node is conjunct Mars. And this was one of the same transits that na- that helped the feds nab Rex Harmon in the Gilgo Beach murders, which you can learn more about on our Patreon. Oh. And Venus is conjunct Juno in Leo. So uh, Juno is all about marriage and also, you know, about jealousy and revenge. We talked about this. Venus and Leo also stationed retrograde later that summer, much like it is now as we record this. And it was in his pre-shadow phase at this time. So the pre-shadow phase often sets up the plot and Venus retrogrades, like once it's retrograde, like expose or and then Venus retrogrades in general often expose infidelity. So it's just like the anger of a lot of scorned wives and maybe husbands who are like, okay, we're finding this shit out. Now what? And it's, you know, like marriages, commitment either way became like a topic for discourse for that summer. And then also some people are very probably obviously personally affected. Yeah, I mean... When I first remembered about Ashley Madison was when I watched the Hulu doc, which we'll get into in a little bit. And as I was watching it, I was like, this literally is Venus retrograde. Like just the idea of, you know, just a site that allows married people to cheat. And then I realized it was like 100 percent. Yeah, this happened during Venus retrograde. But it is crazy. Also, Mars on the South Node to me is just like the scissors that cut whatever releases wow, yeah. everything and like, you know, lets everything like one of those cakes go and all that shit fall. Like they're like, and now there's there's. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you cut the cake. Like everything just like yeah. blows up. But that is crazy. I also love all the yeah. asteroids. We should yeah. use that more. So the site obviously didn't close despite the hack. So on July 22nd, 2015, the first set of customer names released by hackers with all the other user data released on August 18th, 2015. And the release included names, emails, credit card info, sexual fantasies, chic, from a million users. So those are like a lot of people. Wow. A million users. And the data also included customers who had previously paid a $19 fee to Ashley Madison to have their data deleted, which, oops, guess you can still recover that. And the fee was also applied to people who had accounts set up against their will as a workplace prank or because of like a mistyped email address. 
So what was going on when all the customer data ended up getting um, So this was August 18th, 2015. Um, the sun was in Leo and the moon is in Libra. And so there's also a Leo stallion. The moon in Libra, we have this like time ticker on relationships. It's also in this with the North Node, like within the very, the North Node's at one degree. So we're in like the last few weeks of the North Node in Libra. So it's sort of like, Whenever the node gets down to like the last few degrees of a sign, it's like really like getting shit out. So this is all about relationships being like really brought to the forefront. And like we're looking at relationships and the moon is like, you know, all about emotion. So we're all getting in our feelings, even, you know, like I wasn't exposed in this. And now I feel I have so many feelings about it. Venus was retrograde in Leo at this time. So once again, this is about exposing infidelity. It's also introducing a new plot point. So once like Venus in the pre-shadow phase sets up the plot, you know, you get the story, Venus, and once it's retrograde, you get all these new developments, and then it all wraps up once Venus goes direct again and hits all the points that it retrograded over. We have Mars and Leo with Venus. So there's also hubris. Mars has entered the picture, and it's also, but it's like also like now there's like, you know, like you're sort of cutting down people like for who they are, and some things in the spotlight, like it's about sex, it's about pleasure seeking and you're just like not really being portrayed in the best light i also wonder like <laughs> i i'm getting mra like men's rights activists a little bit with this i don't know i, I didn't read up at all about it but i feel like this could have made them upset jupiter is also in detriment in virgo so it left leo and now jupiter entered virgo on august 11th so jupiter is in its detriment here so jupiter is about forgiveness and in detriment jupiter ruminates on details which can make it really hard to forgive so I feel like that also comes into play. We have Mercury exactly conjunct Juno in Virgo. So also we're like looking at these like fine details, right? But you're sort of also helping people heal. Like Virgo wants to heal, but maybe just not in the same way. With Juno or Peter there, it's sort of like making it hard to, you know, understand things. Also maybe with all the details, it's like people being released who thought they were deleted. And then Mercury. So yeah, with Mercury and domicile and exaltation, it's and with Juno, it's like seeking revenge, but also like the discourse now. Mercury is a lot about the discourse. And so the discourse is just sort of like looking at all this. Also, Mercury retrogrades in Virgo this summer. So we have so much mirroring that summer, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, it's crazy, too, because, again, like Mercury, like, it, like Mercury and Virgo obviously details this was like a computer breach with tons of like information and you know like names and numbers and like organized shit like that Mercury and Virgo wants but you know just Virgo is also the virgin so it's like we're talking about you know things that might make some yeah. people like clutch their little pearl necklaces and obviously with the North Node and Libra too it's like we're all talking about our relationships and maybe like rethinking what we thought about relationships because who knew all these million like a million people yeah. were trying to have an affair you know that's like a lot of <laughs> that people. is a lot of people and then the leo stellium it's like again passion and like what your heart wants and like like going after what you want like i feel like venus and leo this summer like all the astrologers were like say the Shut thing your that mouth. he said follow your Shut heart out that arena someone's weird tweets shaking her head but another thing i've <laughs> learned from all of this is that never believe someone's going to delete your data for merely 19 dollars. truth so obviously there is a, a ton of fallout from the hack we're going to start with the company itself and what happened so after the hack the parent company that owned ashley madison rebranded itself it also got a new ceo and they changed their tagline from life is short have an affair to find your moment, which honestly just sounds like something like a, a mom would have, like written in like some sort of handwriting mm -hmm. above her like kitchen sink. 
And they also changed some of the imagery on their site. Like they got rid of the woman, they like make it. a little like shh sign. And unsurprisingly, a lot of lives were upended by the data leak. One of them was the Ashley Madison CEO, Noel. And Noel's wife, Amanda, like we had previously mentioned, she worked with him at the company. She was by his side during many of his interviews. And she even posed as a model for Ashley Madison ads, which, whoa. And Noel and Amanda always claimed they were monogamous. However, Noel's emails were released in the hack and showed he had indeed been cheating on her. And so he eventually resigned from Ashley Madison. But I think they're still together. I can't confirm or deny, but like a Sag is going to Sag. A Sag Sellium should a Sag. And also other people were called out, not just Noel. There was a Christian YouTuber named Sam Raider that confessed to having an Ashley Madison account prior to beginning his YouTube channel. But his wife had forgiven him. So it's mm-hmm. cool. Also, there was a Florida state attorney named Jeff Ashton who ended up being the prosecutor on the Casey Anthony murder trial case. And he admitted to using the website out of curiosity. Why would you admit that? I don't want to know. Ew. Sure, Jeff. <laughs> I know. It's weirder than... It's weirder, I feel like, to just go on the site because it's anonymous photos. I haven't been on it myself, but from what I have learned, it's anonymous photos of, like, women's tits. Like, no one's showing their faces. So to just, like, root around there is, like, weird to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Ew. <laughs> And <laughs> Louisiana GOP official and Donald Trump administration hire Jason Dore, who claimed to use the site for opposition, opposition research, research, was also outed. He wanted to see if any of, of like the Democrats were on it. But like, that's a lie. So They're lame. such Yeah, idiots. everything is not people's real names. <laughs> anyway, to John Takeman, a husband of the Real Housewives of New York star Kristen Takeman, um, he was on it, and Kristen quit The Real Housewives really nice. after the scandal. Oh, my God. Rony. Remember when Ramona, they were, like, in a boat, like, in a river for some reason in a canoe, and Ramona just didn't like Kristen, so she took her glass of wine oh, and, like, just threw Chardonnay at her no. while Kristen was in the <laughs> water. Okay, I'll... It's, like, super weird. In the water, you old bitch. <laughs> so... Arguably, the most notorious person that was revealed on the Ashley Madison customer list was Josh Duggar, formerly a star of TLC's 19 Kids and Counting. By the time that Josh already was like dealing with some like aggressive accusations around sexual misconduct. However, the hack also revealed that he was paying for two Ashley Madison accounts and even paying an additional monthly fee to ensure he met other women. Kirk, going to look at his chart on the Patreon. A lot of people have asked us about Josh Duggar and the Duggar. Like so true blue this is a very requested chart separate from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. So, yeah, Hi. go to Patreon if you want to uh, hear about good old Josh Duggar and the Duggar family. But besides outing a bunch of people who are down to cheat, the hack also <laughs> also exposed that Ashley Madison seemed to be lying about the size of its user base by creating fake accounts. I was also wondering, you think a million people got on that? I mean, a million's very few people, right? So Ashley Madison had over 7,000 bots, or sorry, Ashley Madison had over 70,000 bots sending fake female messages (laughs) to male users. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason why they did this was because, remember, their business model meant that, like, guys had to pay to speak to a woman so 
it was in the company's, you know, best interest that they would have hot women on the website because then there would be like more potential for profit. So the company created all these fake profiles to intrigue their male customers. But that didn't seem to stop anyone, though, because this was realized the actual amount of the bots is like, you know, still up for debate, but no one really seemed to care that much because the site is still going. And AI is better than ever. Yes. So who even cares if we're talking to a Ashley real person? <laughs> yeah, obviously with AI. And Ashley Madison may have shot to fame in 2015 with their infamous hack, but the site came back into culture in 2023 with the launch of a three-part docuseries on Hulu called The Ashley Madison Affair. Yeah, honestly, I watched it twice. The doc traces the rise of the site, the hack, and the spouses that were cheated on and members that were exposed in the hacking scandal. So, Dana, what was going on? July 7th, 2023. And the sun was in Cancer and the moon was in Pisces. So we have this nice watery, you know, expose. So the sun in Cancer, it makes sense that the sun, okay, the solar return is also the Venus return. And Venus is on an eight-year cycle. And so every ah. eight years, your Venus, and I think Mercury also returns. Every eight years, it's like this Venus return, like this major Venus cycle return. So it's called the Venus star point. It's really interesting. Ariel Gutman has a lot of stuff on it. But yeah, so we're back into the same Venus cycle. Venus has not retrograded in Leo since 2015 when it was exposed. And now we're here again and astrologically it makes a lot of sense to release it and to like really bring things back around we're looking back at cheaters and now we're learning a new side of them the moon in pisces is maybe a little more curious about the emotions it's conjunct saturn so it's sort of maybe not necessarily i didn't watch a documentary and clearly i'm in some sort of heightened feminist state but i understand that people do things for emotional reasons (laughs) So it's about having hard truths and no excuses, but also giving fair consideration for like all of the things that go into it, which is kind of what it sounds like this documentary might have included. In Pisces, it wants to forgive. It doesn't always forget. And it might, you know, not keep you in its life. Also, we have Vesta in Gemini and Vesta, once again, a sacrificial commitment in Gemini. It's about duality. So we're looking at commitment as this sort of dual thing, right? Like maybe someone was really committed to two people and the North Node's at zero degrees Taurus, the South Node's at zero degrees Scorpio. These are two signs that go deep and they're both so much about commitment, so much about revenge, so much about getting scorned. So it's like sort of like the last licks, right? Like sort of like I said about how, oh, interesting. So the North Node was in one degree Libra the last time. So that's a Venus ruled sign and now it's in its other Venus ruled sign. So we're going forwards towards commitment. Mm. Now Venus in, or the North Node in Taurus. Taurus is more about personal needs, getting satisfied and also having needs in relationships. And Libra's about you know, accommodating you and your partner and sort of like thinking about the relationships. And now we're thinking about the individuals. Also, just sort of looking at it with with the original website as well as the, yeah, the expose from 2015. The North Node is conjunct the website's moon in Taurus. So the North Node crossing the moon is sort of giving this like, now what was actually really happening? We're looking at things from like, we're, we're moving forward with this website. Maybe they're also planning new things for the website. That would be interesting. We have Mars and Venus at conjunct in Leo in 2023, which is conjunct the Junus or the Junus, the Jupiter Venus conjunction from 2015, which is conjunct Juno from 2002. They're all Mm. within five degrees, the last five degrees of Leo, which is interesting. It's sort of like this real potent, like, you know, it's sort of like what do you need to feel like a king or a queen, but also looking at things from this like, 
like maybe also sort of like about like the performance of relationships, which is so important, right? Like going out to dates with someone you've been married to for 40 years can still be really important. Like performing the, the things of a relationship is maybe really good for people. The sun is also conjunct, exactly conjunct the Mercury-Mars, the Mercury-Mars conjunction in Cancer, which I said was sort of like maybe making things really personal, sort of like maybe highlighting how things were personal for those people. And Mercury is conjunct the new moon from the original expose in 2015. So it's sort of like looking at how that changed people's lives, like what that what that new seeding was like at that time. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense about like showing the emotions of other people. Like a lot, a lot of the documentary is talking about like people who were affected and like their stories of like finding out their partner was cheating on them. Also something too I think is interesting is just like how now when it was released like Jupiter is in Taurus. I feel like Jupiter is very much like 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 let's max out on being sensual. Let's like yeah. max out yeah. on, like pleasure. So what better time to release a doc about people mm-hmm. yeah also on their spouses and Saturn are conjunct where Neptune was in 2015. So something that felt so nebulous can now be more better grasped. Like the moon is what makes things oh. tangible. Saturn, it's hard truths, but also things that you need to release in order to sort of get to a more, you know, spiritual, literal understanding, a holy place even. So it's sort of like, like you're no longer, a separate, like, like, yeah, is gone. We have to like, you know, take things as they are and talk about them because sometimes that seems to be hard. Well, also too, it's like you, can and also like neptune is obviously there in pisces too i feel like with the moon and saturn being so close but neptune being there it's like it's almost like you can do what you want but don't be like delusional about it because you're going to have to take responsibility for like what you do with your body eventually don't pretend you're being honest when you're not at least to yourself yeah so yeah as of today ashley madison still ticking still going strong it survived its controversies still in business (laughs) no you want to sponsor us i'll ride home I can be bought. We are not sponsored by Ashley Madison. We do not. <laughs> that would be so funny. But you can sign up for our Patreon for $5 a month and get that extra chart about Josh Duggar being exposed in the Ashley Madison leak and maybe just about him being a creep. And with that, I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. Allegedly Astrology.